0: This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com/trekfM.:
1: Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to TrekFM. Earl Grey,
2: hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated Teen show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, resident blue shirt and ship's geno- xenobiologist. Lieutenant Commander Daniel Prue. Daniel, what have you been researching these days?
0: Well, you know, Philip, uh, we're, we're actually getting a Horta crew member. And I thought oh. this was really interesting, right? Because you hear about them, but, you know, very rarely do you actually get to meet one. And, and so we have to make special accommodations for them, obviously. Uh, so uh, that's kind of what I've been really focusing on.
2: Awesome. I feel like he's going to really burn through those ranks and just get promoted fast. Well, I'm also joined on my right by First Officer Darren Moser. Now, Commander, I've, I've been reading your report on your latest away mission. Now, tell me more about this place that you described. Here, let me call up the pad here. Let's see. You called it A Wretched Hive of Scum and Villainy. What's this place?
1: Oh, yes, the odors were uh, of particular note, but uh, no, I just got back from four days at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, where I was fully versed in the other universe uh, that we all like to talk about, Star Wars. Stargate? Uh, No, 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 yes, (laughs) the Battlestar, no, wait, no, the other one with Star in it, but uh, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun, Uh, got to meet a ton of great people. Uh, stay out a bunch, you know, like I did in my youth. But um, no, it was really good. Just awesome stuff going on in the fandom right now. The new movie is going to be great. Uh, you know, getting to see the new armor, getting to see the new trailer, uh, you know, just... Uh, and But mostly just getting to see a lot of my friends, uh, you know, that were just dressing in the most amazing costumes uh everyone has so much talent i mean i'm just a plastic spaceman but you know when you construct uh you know, a, something from a, something. You know, he's a tripolymer alloy, Daniel. I mean, obviously, <laughs> <Okay>. uh, doy. <laughs> but no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's I definitely had a, a bit of post-con depression today, where I'm like, "Oh, my friends are gone." But then I was looking forward to talking about some great Star Trek tonight. So I, uh, I, I begrudgingly took off my stormtrooper helmet and uh, and put on my red shirt.
2: Now, did you see any celebrities or or even like writers or, you know, any any the biggest, widest circle you can do?
1: Uh, Yeah, we actually uh, I got to see Granny Mahara crash the 501st Legion Bash, which was the crazy big party on uh, Friday night. Uh, uh, I think um, did he bust any myths about Star Wars? He, he wasn't busting myths. He was on a live uh, broadcast of the Comlink, which is a YouTube show about Star Wars that has um, James Arnold Taylor as the host. Uh, he's the voice of Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars. So he does like a ton of different voices. He's interviewed. He did uh, interviewed Mark Hamill in the Mark Hamill panel. He, uh, but he's also a, a very good voice actor. Um, but who else was running around it, a lot of the the stars crashed a lot of the group photos so i think anthony daniels was known to pop in once in a while uh but uh, never the photo that i was in but uh but no it was it was a lot of fun just again you know it's kind of you know niche a lot of the people that we know but um you know but it's just such a such a great fandom everyone really loved the trailer everyone really loved uh getting to you know just see all these all these great costumes and i was a little burned out on the kenner stores and you were walking down the aisles and every booth is like a booth for classic kenner and i'm just i don't like the kenner toys i actually think they don't look that good because they are from the 80s and and beyond (laughs) but
2: darren i'm from the 80s do you not like me
1: well i mean you have more articulation than a lot of these figures philip i mean you can at least turn your head (laughs)
2: It's true. Now, and and not that Daniel and I would know, because we're terribly lonely people, but the uh, celebration was a family affair, if I understand correctly, and um, there was some dressing up and perhaps a milestone for the little one.
1: Oh, yes. The Moser family represented on Saturday, and my wife, Maureen, made an adorable little stormtrooper pattern dress for Elizabeth that she wore the entire day. And for herself, she made a Princess Leia from Jedi, or from Return of the Jedi, the uh, Ewok Village dress, which is kind of that brown, you know, leatherish um, you know, dressed that the Ewoks had in the back, you know, just for size, you know, ready for her, you know, it was so convenient. Uh, and then I was in my, my stormtrooper armor and it was great. A lot of people got a kick out of a stormtrooper pushing a stroller with a child in it. And then, and that was probably what I was stopped for most. Uh, but we got some great photos, which should be coming up in the next couple of days uh, on social media. But, uh, but I, w- when I was shopping, I did. Uh, take Elizabeth down one of the aisles, and we got to choose her first lightsaber. It was a momentous time, so wow. she she chose uh, a mace window.
2: Now, did she? I was gonna say the, the the question everyone would be asking: Did she choose light or dark?
1: Well, she she I held I did I was a good father. I did actually hold up different options and had her choose. Didn't just you know have the option I wanted and say, "How about this one, sweetheart?" Uh, but she really liked the uh, the pink purple of Mace Windu's and uh, it's fun cause she doesn't quite have the strength to like flick it all the way out. So she'd kind of, you know, point it down and it'd extend and then she'd point it up and it'd go down. And she just had fun doing that over and over and, and, and she's good. She hasn't poked her eye out yet. But
0: and so you you got that from Ollivanders, right? That's that's where you picked that up from. Yes.
1: Okay. Her hair glowed. It was really incredible. <laughs> I knew that she had
0: chosen. Well, you know, the lightsaber the, doesn't. The, you the, know, you don't choose the lightsaber. The lightsaber chooses you. So that's 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 it's how it works. so true. Yeah.
1: I mean, a lot of people don't know that, yeah. but it, it's very true.
2: Which is odd because the uh, that light only came from two sources, and I believe, Daniel, you have the other one, don't you? It's the twin sons of Tatooine. <laughs> All right. Well, Star Wars Celebration is not the only thing we've been talking about this week. Here's... Oh, I mean, we haven't actually started the show yet, I suppose. All right. Um, um, no, the, the topic that, that we're we've... I was uh, getting
0: ready to do the closing there. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't know we were done. Okay. Wow. <laughs>
1: that's like, a, that's what, five minutes? That's a, that's a record for, uh, for Earl Grey. It's Keeper. May the
2: force be with you. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was what I was supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we haven't actually started the episode, so but today uh, what we're talking about um, is aliens, not not just the cantina kind, um, but all kinds here on Earl Grey. Um, and I know Star Trek: The Next Generation and really all the Star Trek sort of have this reputation of like forehead of the week, nose of the week, or nothing and looks exactly like a human, but we're going to call it alien anyway, of the week. But <laughs> exactly, um, but but. TNG actually did introduce some really alien aliens that that sort of went beyond this humanoid form. And and so I thought that's what we would talk about today. And times that Star Trek uh, The Next Generation really kind of went out there and tried to explore strange new worlds. Um, And so we're going to kind of just go, I guess, kind of round-robin-ish. And so this being, you know, my show, I'll start off first. Um, And I'm going to start at the very beginning because it's a very good place to start. Um, and that's with Space Jellyfish. That's right. Encounter at Farpoint, the very pilot episode um, where we – we. I mean, you know, everyone knows this the episode. But anyway, to recap, you know, the Enterprise encounters the, the kind of jellyfish-looking thing in space. And then it turns out this, the Farpoint station's actually its mate. And it's sort of a replicating jellyfish that you can live inside, apparently. And it also makes bolts of cloth. And apples. That's you know, hey, handy. Um, I also – that's right. Oh,
0: oh did, did you I, want an I, apple? No, no, thing? no. no, no. I'm, wait a minute. I could have sworn there was no apples <laughs> on this table before. <laughs> um, and, you know, and
2: so it, it sort of gets reunited with this mate and all that stuff. And, and it, it lives on energy, I suppose. I'm trying to think of all the things one can say, to describe about lives in space. So um, we'll just flip back and forth here. So, Daniel, what what, what do you think of Jellyfish you know, in space?
0: It, it is kind of like a th- – in the episode, surprisingly, even though the episode was, was – kind of added on to at the last minute the that part of it almost feels tacked on like it, it's it's like we don't really know anything about the space jellyfish and they never come back but i always thought it was really interesting actually i always thought that was a cool aspect of it that was never really explored and um yeah i mean i guess it's kind of silly like troy like nobody can figure out this this out right like the spaceship and this spaceship above and then the spaceship below they look exactly the same but nobody's like what's going on you know but I, I I don't know. I liked the space jellyfish, and I kind of wish we, we got to see them again because there could have been something interesting there, I think.
2: Yeah, and it also makes me wonder whether the space jellyfish is its actual form because it keeps changing form. Like, it's maybe like the biggest space changelings ever because when you, when you said the spaceship, now that I think about it, it did kind of look like, here, all right, guys, we had a brand new Star Trek series in the pilot. How are you going to make this alien look the most alien of all? A uh, flying saucer. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, Jensen. flying saucer. That's Great it. idea. Wait, no, it's... Promote that man to executive producer. <laughs> well, yeah, see, I Darren? know
1: where the Space Jellyfish Fish went. I mean, as we remember, they floated off up off screen. They must have gone where all of the opening title credits of Star Wars go, as they just fly through space <laughs> forever. Maybe they'll intersect, maybe they won't, but uh It's off in a galaxy far, far away. But yeah, no, I like uh, the Space Jellyfish. I mean, that would have been cool if they had, you know, maybe instead of Q, they were in um, All Good Things. And they were the ones, you know, pulling Picard back and forth because they were there at the beginning.
2: (laughs) That's right. Why why didn't Picard ask, you know, Space Jellyfish, where are you? You should be here. And then, like, Worf goes over to Yar, what is a space jellyfish? And she's like, it's what you get at the restaurant, <laughs> as far as I know. Two space jellyfishes. <laughs> 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 yeah, like it's, it's. It, it, I mean, it, it's cute, silly, but I mean, I like it. but they have, like, they like, oh, you can tell they're mates because their little like tendrils are brushing against each other lightly. I'm like, That's they could just be fist like, bump. good one, friends. W- well, it, that would be fist <laughs> bump,
0: I think. But um, it was like, and one was slightly like pink, I think, and one was slightly blue, if I remember correctly. Because there's no better way to tell that, if two aliens that, are could, male and female. I could be misremembering. It was, it and was the I, 80s. It, it's either that or one was slightly like lighter blue and one was a little bit dark, but I can't remember. So is
1: one in the pink aisle of the toy store and the other exactly. one's in the action figure exactly.
2: aisle. Uh, it was no. early TNG merchandise. <laughs> No, it, was, it wasn't. Okay. All right. So, and, and to me, because a lot of, I won't, you know, spoil or alert, but a lot of mine are from early TNG that I'll be talking about. But, like, to me, this, this thing about bigger aliens, you know, there is a TOS feel to it. Of course, you know, in kind of PowerPoint, it's, like, the only thing besides the TOS that existed at that time. But, you know, sort of that idea. And so I'm wondering how much is, like, it feels like original TNG or sort of the spirit of TOS. But anyway, uh, next up, Daniel, what do you have for us?
0: So I have... a. Uh, I- a really interesting species that we only get a uh, again a lot. Of, I think a lot of this is going to be a reoccurring theme here for this episode as we get glimpses into species because you, it's hard to Star Trek has this problem. It's hard to really explore species that are so unlike us, but that's really to me one of the more interesting things that we get to do. So uh, I picked the Sheliak from the Ensigns of Command because, like, you know. They're scary and intense and they don't look anything like people and we're told they get this really weird classification, like R something, R two, R three, I can't remember what it is. Oh, they're a species R four eight, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Like so <laughs> so right, every every planet that we go to in Star Trek is an M class planet. And then occasionally we have to go to these other class planets, like probably most famously like the hell class planet uh, in Voyager. Uh, demon class Y. The demon <laughs> yeah. class, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so here it is. The Shelyak yeah. were a non-humanoid classification R3 life form. So whatever that, I mean, we don't know what that means because we never see it ever again and we never barely see it with the Shelyak. Is a that really, a Borg designation? It may be. It may be. <laughs> are we the Borg the <laughs> entire oh, time are. and we just didn't realize <laughs> it? <laughs> twist (laughs) it's it's really like and like then of course we get this whole oh they're they're xenophobic so they don't want to ever talk to anybody ever ever this is why you've never heard of them before and why i'll never hear about them again like they don't show up in you know they don't show up in the dominion war at all or anything like that so like but it's but they're cool because they're so like weird and different and you just you can't like it's one of those times in star trek it's like you can't just be like "Ho ho, let's shake hands and move on like it's just something that's strange and actually alien and remains alien the entire time it's not like you know we go down on the planet and play checkers together and all of a sudden we understand each other and, and it's fine you know it's it's just something interesting that we get to see
1: well, now I'm picturing yeah, the like, Shellyak like trying to enter the Dominion War. It's like, Dominion Ship 542, please meet us at designated coordinates in three months for Executive Battle 5J. And they're like, yeah, no.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, and I love that they're playing a pipe organ. I always want every species to have musical <laughs> talents. They so, are the fellows. Um, it's actually more
0: like... It is – it's actually more like um, – I it feels like they crashed into the Fortress of Solitude from the, the original Donner Superman films and they just got lost They had lost a there, big
1: sale like, oh. on fluorescent tube lights and they're just
2: going to go <laughs> for it. Well, yeah, because I mean they do appear like – because they can – uh, yeah, Picard and Troy, they just beam them away with like a wave of its black, I don't know, appendage blob hand or something. Um <sighs> Now now you haven't mentioned, of course, their most infamous aspect daniel they are they, they like the details they like the details oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like what would it take like years or like i i forget was like twenty like five fifty delegates and attorneys and whatever to hammer out the treaty or
0: something like that. So they're kind of, yeah, and they're kind of like a specific, they're specifically designed for Picard, right? Like, uh, Kirk would never have just he would have gone talked them into all that like an infinity to to, loop scenario. He would have just, would have, would have, have whatever. Like, just shoot the phasers at them. It wouldn't have even mattered. It would have just been like, fine. We're not even going to deal with this. Even if shot first. But it is what, it is actually one of the, it's actually a really strong episode that highlights that diplomatic element of Picard. It's, it shows like that's a unique aspect of that captain that we really don't get with a lot of the other people you know in Star Trek so
2: yeah and, and I think for some people who think like Picard is always like oh, Picard always just bows down and does whatever I'm like uh, he smacks these guys yeah. around pretty much that's, <laughs> that's what he does at the end of this episode let's let them wait he, he for is a the while master of the the dedication when plaque. he
1: finds it he's like yes <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're damn right Um. now darren what do you have for us next now i have the
1: children of tama otherwise known as the tamarians because you know let's just add arians to pretty much any word and it becomes a species Uh, but these are (laughs) the aliens from darmok now they do look very humanoid so they don't really aren't that different you know physically but uh they're very different in their communication so much so that the universal translator just doesn't even help. Uh, and when you base your entire language about metaphor and, you know, syntax of, you know, historical events, I mean, you're basically, you know, a calendar would be, you know, or, or, a you know, or a newspaper clipping is basically more of a, you know, communication way. Uh, but yeah, like we said on Picard's, Uh, dream journal you know he's like oh i totally figured out this alien you know communication (laughs) real easy uh but yeah but they're very different and you know thank goodness that picard knew the right words to say at the very last clutch moment (laughs) and then just bye see see, we'll never see you again (laughs) you're just too much too much hassle
0: Sorry, your yeah. captain's dead. Later. Yeah. We uh,
1: we do an officer exchange. <laughs> Would you yeah. like a first officer? Another first
2: officer? Uh, well, I, I do have the knife that killed him. It's still you want a has souvenir. A blood on <laughs> it. <article. laughs> I didn't mean this to be a theme of when Picard saves the day at the last minute, but it's been every, like, you know, Picard like shoots the energy to save the jellyfish and then Shellyak gets them and then this one figures out the language. I think this is, he's, he's, this is how Picard explores strange new worlds by winning. <laughs> Hashtag. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it and I know we've talked about him a lot, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, we've talked about it so much because it's, it's awesome. I think, um, Paul Winfield, of course, memorably playing that role. Um, but, yeah, it's it, – it, it, and the fact – beyond their language, the fact that they actually – or that the captain was like, how do we do first contact? Role-playing, you know, that's that's how – <laughs> The children of
1: Tama were, were – But they were very rit- ritualistic. I mean, they had, you know, and that's how you kind of started to get a sense of them. Uh, and it's interesting, though, when you can't rely on their words – you know, like I think, I mean, yeah, I think of like Klingons. Like Klingons are very ritual, r- ritualistic, but um, with the children of Tama, you know, they, you know, how they killed their foe and how they prepared to sleep at night. You know, in a way, it's like you know when you turn off the sound on a movie and you just focus on the visuals. You like you're just focusing on what are they doing, what acts are they doing, and it and it lets you focus on that detail of their of their society.
2: Yeah, I was. I think I've forgotten about that. Like, isn't it when he, when the captain um, is going to sleep, or like he does like some ritual, like he said by the fire. Yeah, he ta- he takes like his medals off and he like places
1: them around the fire, like to ward off the beast or something. And <laughs> well,
2: because his character yeah. is equipped with the uh, crystals of. Re- I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked at his character sheet, so <laughs> let's see. Gives
1: him a plus one saving throw to death right. by it's beast. Because he
2: he, he uh, spent all of his experience points on lore, um, not the android, uh, but and so, ah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well. Um, so my next one is from uh, season two. Yeah, I didn't think about that for a second. Um, where silence has lease, and that is um, uh the song, of course. No, um, uh, nagilam. Interesting for those who don't remember, this is the one where um, the Enterprise uh, encounters a hole in space which has never been encountered before <laughs> by an Enterprise. I don't know
1: what that is, what episode that is from. I mean, <laughs> what that <laughs> <But> anyway, is. <laughs> I, um,
2: anyway, so they discover this hole, and you know, it's it, they basically go through all these like this is the infamous, at least to Earl Grey. Two bridges, which actually is not a lie now that i 've watched it, but anyway um from from wharf and and all that stuff, and it turns out that they're they're in a the lab and basically this alien and the alien ends up killing um the the uh <laughs> i don 't want to say the token minority helm officer but um and and but kills the helm officer. <laughs>
1: Fortunately, Jordy <laughs> wasn't
0: the black red shirt in hey, that, that chair is, this like, season. This is episode
2: two of season two, so Jordy was two episodes away. Oh, that wrong. guy,
0: that guy has turned into a meme. So, mm-hmm. like, he has way more notoriety than most of our bridge helm officers do. So, right,
1: he's the Wilro Hood of the <laughs> well, Star he's no Trek. No ensign universe.
2: Gates, according to Char. Um but. <laughs> but yeah, and 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 so you know the Enterprise Enterprise escape and whatever. But it, it's interesting because he—I uh, mean, a there's this alien that's like, hey, here's a passing ship. Let me perform experiments on it. And I mean, if you really think about the experiments, it's like you know some of them make sense. Some of them are very just da-da surreal. Like, what would they do if a Romulan appears? Okay, what would they do if a sister ship appears? You know, all this stuff. And what would they do if there are two bridges? The Klingon freaks out. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> um, Noted. Repeat experiment. He definitely. wasn't aware of what gender was. Um, and then it,
0: it, yeah, Nagilum has all sorts. And if I remember correctly, it has all sorts of flavors of a TOS villain. And I'm pretty sure it was a Phase 2 guy. wasn't like Where Silence Says Least was a Phase 2 script, I think. If I remember correctly, it's it's very much the original series flavored bad guy, villain kind of weird entity that you would just find floating in space as a face. It's like what? Okay.
1: Well see, like two millennia ago he lost his internet connection, so he's just been really <laughs> bored. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because it does strike me that that
2: this, and then another episode I'm going to talk about in a couple minutes, but this episode of Where Where Silence Has least is is kind of a a mystery episode, because, like, all these things are happening, and there's a hole in space, and, like, it's not about, you know, what's the analogy of life? I mean, I don't know, I suppose other than like i suppose it could be the analogy of like experimenting on animals but um but you know it's it's sort of just the mystery and, and clues and and what's going on and having to figure stuff out and so it, like to me it it really engages i mean Having seen it doesn't engage you as much as once you've seen the ending. But, like, you know, it engages you because, like, there is this mystery. It's just, like, weird, freaky stuff is happening. And you're like, I don't uh, I don't know what the what is going on. And it's very frustrating for them. Like, you know, we can't leave. We're stuck. What do we do? And so it's a very interesting alien. But, like you said, it, is, it has a TOS element because, like I said, of course, you know, this only season two, TOS sort of had that monopoly on these big aliens. Like, you know, whether it's that for freaky, weird episode with the kids, you know. Um which I know that's actually a lot of them, but the, the one where like they discover like the kids left over because all the parents died or whatever, and then at the end there's that big weirdo alien that shows up and's like, "Sorry, children, <laughs> you know I don't know why I made him sound like Shh
1: my bad, I stepped away on the phone for 300 years, and I should have paid I don't know why I made him sound like
2: Chef it. from South Park. Hello, but anyway, um, but, but it was interesting. And in the course of course, the- <laughs> Nagelum tried to like, why are you afraid of me? I'm appearing just like you. And like, you didn't quite get it right, buddy. That's not what we look like. But, uh, so. Unless we're Shrek. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I will not say who's Donkey in that episode. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs>
1: It's like, you know, that uh, Annoying Orange exactly where they like have animated that looks like. the eyes <laughs> and exactly the mouth it's like mouth on true, like, yeah. an, an adult. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It's like, this is totally normal. We're like, no. This is not.
2: why small children have nightmares. Oh, man. Don't let your babies grow up to be helm officers is what we're saying. All right. Daniel, what do you got for us?
0: So Im- imagine a Star Trek species... That can change their form at will. I know this is something that we, huh. we are. We, what, what would you call that species, What would you species, call Daniel? that species? Well, you might. I mean, well, they change a lot, right? Um, right. Uh-huh. Um, and and, and, ma- and, and they're bear a bear being. being and, so, and maybe and maybe at some point they, they had helped found something. So naturally you would call them elasomorphs. Uh, which is what, <laughs> well, what makes right, total which is, sense. <laughs> which is what we get in, uh, of course, the wonderful season two episode, the Dolphin. Um,
2: now, now, Daniel, and I think, you know, and both of y'all are a little more smarter than me. When I saw you list that, I'm like, is that a type of Pokemon I didn't know about? <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: no, no, it's someone tried to type di- dolphin and it's is a typo. It's a typo. Uh, but typo.
0: if the was a dolphin, it would be Alastaman. You see, the, the, that's, the, that's the suffix of a Pokemon. So. Um, no, no, no. So, <laughs> I actually don't really love this episode. And, of course, like I'm kind of kidding about, we definitely get, uh, you know, shapeshifters, better shapeshifters in the future. Uh, but, this is, except for Star Trek 6, which technically hadn't come out yet, so I guess we can still say before then. This is the first time we get shapeshifting aliens, I think. Other than like God beings, like that can do anything. That but like specifically, their ability is that they can change their forms, and we get it in this silly episode with the silly effect. And it's like, to me, what stands out in that episode is like what it looks like when she changes into little baby Ewok form, and like yeah. run. It's like, let's show slow it down to like eight <laughs> frames a second and shoot like three it's different so suits, bad. It's so bad. and then we'll, well, yeah, it's, it's pre it's really or
2: post Terminator. 2
0: terminator 2 this is Should definitely been, yeah, this, this been this, pre- yeah this is definitely before yeah pre- uh, okay. this okay. is 1988 or 1989 yeah 89 because yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah yeah okay
0: um anyways so you know it's there but it like if you think about it beyond the ridiculous effects it's actually kind of an interesting concept which of course we do get to explore way way more uh specifically in deep space 9 but sometimes you know, in maybe sometimes Kirk fights himself. Who knows? You know, there's lots of times we could look at it. <laughs> um been your but, lifelong ambition. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and not all species keep their genitals in the same place. So, whatever. Anything you want to tell me, Daniel? Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well you, you, you know you talk about like you know the effects whatever but like they, like cuz I don't how many forms did did uh did this you know species obviously different but like these species have cuz i mean like they did try in this episode cuz it was like Ewok it was like big monster apey weirdo thing it was uh you know human which obviously I didn't take that hard to do um and uh then there i think there was like one more
0: yeah, oh, it was like what its,
2: it. What, what its actual form, which I'm actually blanking what that looked like for a second. That was
0: on the transporter pad, right? When yeah. they were saying goodbye, I think. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched that episode. Wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was just yeah, a bunch of Yeah, I think light. I'm pretty sure it's it a light usually being what it is. <laughs> that point. It's like I'm a light
2: being. Surprise! Surprise! It could <laughs> have been one. like?
0: I'm a light being too. We have so much in common. Do we still oh. have that orange oh. ridiculous suit in the back somewhere? Let's put that on somebody. Come on. <laughs> we're saving that for John Doe. Oh, that, I'm sorry. That's right. That was after this point. Yeah, yeah. Right. see literally
1: a man in a morph suit walking around <laughs> on the bridge. That's, that's it's literally a green all they're doing. From
0: from it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but it's just painted orange. <laughs> Everyone this. loves Mister Crazy. <laughs> wow. Okay, Taryn, what do you have?
1: Well, you know, in order to get rid of this life form, I had to sour the milk. Uh, but this is the uh, space dwelling life form. A lot of these life forms don't really have names <laughs> that I picked. Uh, I was actually surprised that the Temerians had a name. Uh, but this is from Galaxy's Child, which teaches us to always delete our browser history on the holodeck uh, because this is where the real Doctor Leah Brahms shows up and discovers that Jordy has been uh, recreating her to solve problems uh but yeah this is the space slug i I don't know it's really an interesting looking being but it's this cool space dwelling life form which lives out in space and kind of like space whales its way around uh and it that was just cool because it was something you know that we'd never seen uh you know something that uh you know didn't communicate at all it 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 latched itself on the Enterprise, which I guess could be considered a hostile act. So we better kill it, I guess. <laughs> but uh, but no, this was you know again, again it's a problem solving episode where everyone's got to figure out you know what to do and and finally you know it's not Picard saving the day, sheesh, <laughs> this list, but it's but it's uh, but it's Geordi.
2: It happens every now and then. Well, you know, I mean, you know, it, every it's now you now. know, it's not. That big of a thing, but but I think one thing interesting about this episode, it actually begins with the Enterprise killing, um, a you know a life form because you know like it was going crazy on yeah the mother the Enterprise D. I mean like, they later find out why, but like oh shoot it shoot it shoot it in the head because I think that was the one time maybe Picard said yes to war. Is that is that what this was? Yeah. <laughs> shoot!
1: <her>. Shoot! <laughs> and so you have a little speech about
2: Picard like you know I forget what it is, but like you know we don't come out here to kill but to discover and. Do that. Yeah, he's really actually sad about that. He's like, "Boy, that's that's a bummer." It's like, "Oh, is pregnant? Oh, I feel (laughs) awkward. This is not. This is going down in my dream journal." (laughs) It's like, "All right, let's get out of here." Sir, I'm taking a life form. I said warp nine. I don't need any more casualties. But yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. Let's leave a note. <laughs> a space note. <laughs> like, attach a pad to it. <laughs> it has, has the Enterprise D's insurance information? Mr. The Forge, bring me the
1: largest pad you have. Uh, but no, it's not like a hit and run. It's, it's self-defense. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, I think don't they bring it to some asteroid belt, which is supposedly, like, it eats space rock or something. It's going to... Very alien but, space rock uh, doo, 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 doo. Yeah.
2: <laughs> not 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 quite right? oh okay <laughs> uh, not like yeah well and I mean, I don't know daniel, you're the resident blue shirt, but but i but I think this sort of concept of like spacefaring aliens, I mean which was most of what we're talking about, but not necessarily all um that like you know, like i I don't know what if if is there any scientific fact in that like you know like you how can you live in a that can an organism live in a vacuum i assume we're going to argue no for now but i guess we'll find out right
0: well we know we know of species that can survive in a vacuum but live and thrive and evolve in a vacuum i think is is pretty foreign to to science Mm -hmm. at this point so yeah
2: all right well my next one cannot call it that name i listed as um is from the episode the child um which again uh, other than Ian
1: is it a ball of light it's it
2: ball of know, light it's been a while since we've had a ball of light yeah it's either big s- big spacefaring alien or ball of light those are yep. those are the only two <laughs> big as the ship
1: or fit in your hand
2: <laughs> and i think as you pointed out it always comes in the same access point of the ship um yeah so this is the child for those who don't remember this is actually season 2 episode 1 I'm just doing season 2 here as you can see um, I didn't venture very far um, and, and this ball of light comes and assaults I don't know whatever word you want to use um, Troy and <laughs> then becomes an alien or becomes a uh, child zygote I don't know whatever you want to call it um, and you know then exists as a I guess it's just half beta is what half human. I was trying to remember whether there's any ratios. It's just the same DNA. So, anyway, it exists as a child just to see, I guess, what existing as a child's like. And then
0: apparently. It- but but no, Philip, no. who's the father?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, well, no, no. We know it, it, would, be, it would be 25% human. 25% Betazoid, and 50% Ball of Light. And I think that's what light. you'd have to fill out on the form there, right? Well, is, 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 So is it's Sunny D? It's Ball of Light. Bl- <laughs> <laughs> be- Wait a minute. Are you telling me one of my favorite... You said Sunny D, right? <laughs> yes. One of my favorite childhood drinks could read my emotions all of, all of my youth? That's ridiculous, Darren. I reject that proposal.
2: <laughs> well, I thought... I thought Ball of Light was a recessive gene. Doesn't it, like, skip generations? Or oh, it,
0: it may, it may.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't... You're thinking of the
1: Kool-Aid man. He busts through walls. <laughs> Is, is he klingon? Is that what
2: you're saying? I'm getting confused. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we're just getting into all wait, sorts wait. of n- now, So do you mean that on when when uh, you know, I guess not Worf is he to grow up there, but like, you know, Worf's brother w- when growing up on Kronos, he'd turn on Klingon TV and there would be like the bloodwine guy, it would be like claw, claw, and then like bust through the wall. <laughs> hang
0: on. For sure. hang, on hang on. If we are doing like 90s like snacks as <laughs> Star Trek races, right? We're totally doing okay, that right I, now. I now submit to you that the Gushers uh, are <laughs> definitely the Changelings because they're hard on the outside, but they're all squishy in the middle. So that's done. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh
2: OK. I'll accept that. I'll accept <laughs> that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so it was. Sometimes, I mean, obviously, in order for the episodes to snap into a Romulan. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I had one
0: Snap into a Romulan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Randy Savage is a is a slip. Wait a minute, hang on. Randy Savage is a Romulan. What, is wouldn't that they what be you- green? I don't. Is, that what, is that what you just told me?
1: It, you guys are thinking way too hard about this. This is not supposed to make
2: that much no, sense. I
0: just, I just, I would love a Randy Savage Romulan. I think that would be amazing. That would be awesome. All
2: right, for all our fanfic writers, we want.
0: Eight eight. <laughs> okay. All right. All right.
1: All right. The, it'd be a fruit by the meter.
0: Yeah, what would fruit by the foot be?
2: Uh, a fruit by the meter uh, by the li- cause we don't by the sector seat. by the parsec. I don't know by the light year. Well, we <laughs> are the only
0: ship in the quadrant.
2: It's true. Root by the galaxy. All right, Daniel, take us to our next one.
0: <laughs> we just gave, we just gave up on them, I guess. Please, um, please move yeah, on. <laughs> actually, mine is mine's actually kind of an. Ex- I feel like it's kind of an extension of of Darren's. Like um, they could be cousins. No, I feel like like am This is the grandfather of, of uh-huh. that species. He's very old. Yeah, right. But anyways, Tin Man. Uh, oh no, his He's name is Gomtu. From the episode Tin Man. Ooh, actually has a name. It does, which I didn't know either until I looked it up. Um, <laughs> so many of these we don't remember. Full disclosure, I didn't really know it. Uh, but, you know, it was the one with the annoying... Uh, this is a, an, also a, an interesting Troy episode with that annoying Betazoid guy who who wants to go over there. And But it is an interesting concept of this, like, ancient alien... I mean, it's it's. I guess Cone. it's kind of a recycled... Uh, He's a pine cone, basically. Yeah, but he is a pine cone. And it's a recycled space jellyfish um, kind of thing, I guess. But what's interesting is there's a line of dialogue which says he might be from outside the galaxy, which is kind of interesting because Star Trek has decided, I think wisely, that the galaxy, the galactic barrier, like the differences between galaxies are pretty hard to break. Except occasionally when you can just go out to the galaxy and come back. Because the travelers, it's time for tea. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it never happens, but I think wisely they they try they kind of consider that as far as you can go most of the
2: time. Well, I think Star Trek Five showed us that the galactic barrier is actually an LSD trip.
0: Um, no, no, so no. It's no, actually no. Star Trek Five. No, no, no. That's the barrier. Of the core. That's the core. Yeah, that's different. Uh, that's very different, uh, right? So uh, they're trying to reach the center of the galaxy. Don't you
1: own Larry Nimitz's you know Stellar Cartography book? Don't you
0: know this? Wait a minute. Who's who? Who's Larry Nem- Nemet? Nemet, what? What is his name? Nemekek. Oh, Nemekek. Okay. We should have um, that guy on. He yeah, sounds pretty He smart. was. Wasn't. What alien was he? Um. <laughs> oh, Frank. No, I.
1: I can just fixture someone though, you know. You said his name's Gomtu, being like, oh, so he. This must be like the Gomtuians, and it's like that's basically the equivalent of. You know, the first human you meet is named Bob, so <laughs> the alien assumes that you're the Bobians. All humans are called like Boboians or something like that.
2: <laughs> Actually, Bob-o-ians. when you say Gomtu, all I can hear is like next week on Dragon Ball Z, only on Toonami. Gomtu gets into you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> is that like you're trying to say it's like a Goku thing? Goku, Gohan, and Gomtu. <laughs> <laughs> <Well, laughs> well, you know,
2: it, it did charge Walk up. And, it did charge up and fire on those Romulans.
0: Well, it was trying to
1: flee the scene, and so it did
0: a power slide. It didn't charge up the whole episode, so we know it's not related. (laughs) Otherwise,
2: it would. Yeah. Well, and and also, I think one of my favorite parts of this episode is also the '80s uh, cheesy effects of like, let's make a chair appear. (laughs) Oh yeah, let's let's
1: reverse (laughs) melt a chair into existence. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, it got the effect
2: done. <laughs> I don't think that's actually how it worked. Got the effect done. <laughs> Is it good? I said got the effect done. <laughs> you blew
1: all the budget on the other... Ro- you had to have two birds of prey. <laughs> yeah, running war birds. I told you the budget had to go somewhere.
2: All right, Darren, take us out to another one.
1: All right, so I, again, these have no names because we we don't really name a lot of things we meet. Uh, the, so on the planet Valera Three, these are the crystalline sand life forms from home soil. They call us mostly bags of mostly water, <laughs> ugly bags of mostly water. But uh, you know, I think our name of them is probably slightly, <laughs> slightly nicer. Uh, but yeah, these are the. I guess are they silicon based? They're they're definitely not organically based, uh, which is why we can't detect them. So I guess we're trying that whole Genesis thing again, you know. Genesis. (laughs) Uh, You know, let's find the lifeless planet and terraform it. We just can't learn. We really can't. We're just so meddlesome as humans. But this is one of my favorite episodes. I just I always liked just like the scene in the drill room where Data's all like (laughs) taking it down and dodging. I, I just I was like the little laser dots are like zeroing in on his, on his neck and I'm like no data no get out of the way and then I feel so bad for the guy who's like this is gonna take us like three months to fix I'm like boy you are really bad at your job if that's if, how you, long have, it's gonna if take, you have but-
0: an unruly cat however that room is gold you just gotta put <laughs> yes. them in it and they'll just chase them forever it's gold for three seconds until the <laughs> high-power laser beam <laughs> evaporates
1: your cat. Now, now, I just thought of that,
2: that uh, um, Resident Evil scene. Is this remembering it correctly? Oh, yeah. It has, like, the mm, laser coming yep. and it comes like, <laughs> in, like, all of them. Like, oh, shh. Yeah.
1: Yep. It's like, okay, I know I'm going to dodge this. Ah. <laughs> yep. it's, like, it's a net. Um, but, yeah, but this was, you know, an interesting one. And Data's, you know, uh see this is not the one where they inhabit data to communicate this is where the light there <laughs> the, this is, this they're, is they uh, need the,
0: the light so they turned on the light in the lab yeah. and they like, discover please. they
1: have so the clapper was their greatest villain <laughs> they discover
2: really they have a walks, security yeah. camera for the first and only time
1: um yep yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, we learned about bill jars you know
2: like is this i mean would it be fair to say because I, I you know i i certainly will call out other shows so i'm more than willing to call ourselves i mean this is basically tng's devil in the dark right i mean this is basically the Horta. yeah uh,
0: it, well except they don't well yeah i mean i guess it really is um i was gonna say they don't really pose a physical threat to the to the, the but computer they do. mind melds they with can it. they can destroy the plant the the ship i'm pretty sure at some point or they have some hold over it if i remember correctly
1: they take over the computer because they're silicon like computer electronic base so it's like you know super easy for them, and I think only when Picard, uh, when they turned off the lights, which apparently they couldn't control, uh, you know, and they released the computer, that Picard
2: lets the lights up a little bit. Or wasn't the reverse? Was it that they couldn't see, like...
1: No, no, they, they, they. The light is what was giving them energy. Okay. So that was okay. turning off the light basically starved them of energy. And Even like, though they no, lived in the sand, no. I know I was just thinking that too. just doesn't yeah. really
0: make any sense, but okay. <laughs> I
1: thought you know. Well, I think we're thinking of like a con- concentrated entity. Uh, where that's true. Like the whole oh, imagine yeah, the entire yeah, surface right. of a desert yeah. is is your. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah so but they like,
0: do. Cl- they do clump together in that episode. They like well, when they, well, actually yeah. they don't clump together. They start to they start to s- separate and split and, and breed or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I they're guess that's Basically,
1: silicon molecules.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or, no, organic I guess that's molecules. fair. That's a fair yeah. point. Yeah. So I mean, it really is, if I'm remembering it correctly, I and mean, I may not be, but like that's that's true. Like it was actually just one organism, like the whole planet or whatever, right? I think yeah,
1: because the when they're describing the shifting sands, I mean, they're talking about like. You know, from orbit, you know, seeing these big patterns or, or like swirling, you know, crop circles it or something. It says Federation so, yeah, go home? I
0: don't. Yeah. <laughs> no it kill. Says goodbye? <laughs> well, No <son>. kill. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it, I tell you, to be a Federation miner, you're always, it's always something or another. Always something or another with those people terraforming and aliens and all that. So. Okay,
1: Um, so... Well, they're just going to move on to LV-427. I mean, that's their next stop, and it's going to be totally fine. Nothing's going to go wrong, teleforming that planet.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, So mine is from Season 1, Lonely Among Us. This is my, uh, again, no name, the memory-wiping space lightning. Um, So, again, let's file this under... Can you narrow it down a little bit, Philip? <laughs> this is the energy based. It is not spaceborn. This is energy based. So this isn't clues because uh, that was the other memory wiping
1: <laughs> space.
2: <laughs> Those, they were also xenophobic, uh, actually, too. So we yeah. file it under xenophobic or anyway. Um, but this is the one. Actually, this is a very trippy episode, but I loved it because it's season one. <laughs> like so many crazy things were happening because this is actually the Antikin Soleil episode, which is probably most okay. people remember it from that, not from the, what I'm about to talk about. We Antikins can't <laughs> oh, possibly be bothered. Random trivia. I did not know this. I just happened to be looking at the Memory Alpha page on this episode. Mark Alamo, his first appearances in this episode. He plays one of the Soleil, or the Antikins, the dog ones. I can't remember which one. Anakins, I think. Yeah. is, <laughs> yeah, is there the Antikins. Is
0: this the one also where... I'm pretty sure it's this one where there's like a, there's a rock star that essentially plays one of those characters as well.
2: Uh, oh, neither of
0: you know this. All right. I can't. I'm going to I'm and, have to look it up real quick. To the end or what? Well, I mean, it doesn't
2: uh, Iggy Pop play the. Um, no, that's in Dude's so Space Nine, right? When you, yeah, he well, plays. No, he play, uh, oh, no, 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 no. no uh, yeah, 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 Manhunt, yeah. he plays the Antedian.
0: Antidian, that's, okay, that's what I was getting, Antidian. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you're yeah. right. Yeah, 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 That's what I was confusing with this episode, so you know, thank you. This is the one. Yeah.
1: I mean, Antidian, Antikin, how could you mix those up, Daniel? I know, just... I, I know,
0: I know. I sh- I'm a super fan, I should know <laughs> it better. It does it even but, have know. the letter Q in it. I don't even
2: understand. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, uh, now, this episode, this episode has Anakin's and Soleil who are like, you know, hijinks killing each other on the during this episode, which is hilarious. Um and you get, you know, the first appearance of the dress uniform. Um yep. you actually get to see Yahoo in a dress uniform. Um the first and last time, sadly. Whoa. Um you and then like O'Brien just randomly shows up wearing gold for the first time. He's like, is he a security <laughs> officer? Is he a transporter chief? Is he a helmsman? No one knows because it's season one. Crazy. Um, but it, what did it, the, the actually that I'm talking about? Uh, this is one where the, the teaser is actually lightning attacks Worf and Jordy, um the two very young, very young lieutenant junior grades. Um, and they and then Worf blacks out, and then Beverly treats her treats Worf with her Borg uh, device, and she gets lightning and memory wiped, and then I think she absorbs the computer, and then it kills an assistant chief engineer because you know those those g- engineers whew. There, there oh this is the one with the, the the pen where he like stabs
1: it into the control thing and it like electrocutes his arm uh, kind of yeah
0: yeah the, so yeah. the one epi- the, you know the one scene where it takes over um, them when it, when it attacks Jordy and Worf. Is in a, is in like this weird set that we center never see. I know, in? Like, yeah. Yeah. some random yeah. corridor, they just shove her
1: down to center maintenance. Yeah, they yeah, shoved a yeah, console
0: yeah. like in some <laughs> corridor and like that was like the new set. And I'm like, yeah, this is weird. This is, I'm not buying. See, him. Worf
1: always was an iPhone user. He never liked those styluses because of this incident. He has a fear of.
2: Well, them. this is back in the uh, the uh, Palm Pilot days, I think. So this is what he was using. Um, but the, but the most trippy part of all is my favorite one is when it finally takes over Picard. And again, this is this is again this is another mystery um, episode because again, it's like all these people are like have memories, and then they're having like all these uh, uh, ship issues. And you know, I think we need to check the blueprints. Of, no, um, but like because they say that, like the ship's only been out five months. Does it make sense that this is even happening once it gets into the computer system? And this also is the first episode where Data finally learns about Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm.
0: And he gets the pipe, right? He gets the
2: pipe, which goes yeah. all the way to generations. Yeah. Or, or yeah, I believe you see it there, right? Um, and so that's trippy because like Picard's like. Wanting to smack data because he keeps doing Sherlock Holmes stuff, um, and then finally Picard gets taken over and transported to an energy being and transported to a cloud.
0: That's that happens, so, or so he says. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, and you even get like a mutiny scene, you know, in this episode, where you know, like, or one of many, That's one right. of many, actually. Now that I think about it. Um, Card oral ales for everyone.
0: <laughs> who do you think? Now, okay, actually, this this might be an interesting conversation for the Babel conference, and maybe we'll we'll do that. But <clears throat> if all if all captains were being equal, they all have the same amount of time on screen. Who would you be like in the ridiculous situations that we put these people in? Who would you be the most willing or the least willing to re- to mutiny against? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Like there's, you know, you know, certain people you would be like, nope, because I'll be shoved out in airlock, and there's no way I'm gonna deal with that. You know, or you know, or like some people would be like, ah, they'll be soft on me, they'll understand, it'll be fine.
2: That's true. I would. I think Cisco would be the person you would never, never use. Yeah, you mean, like yeah. I would not you want to meet, meet against Cisco. Cisco. No. I wouldn't
0: want to meet, meet against Kirk. I don't think either. I mean, you don't. You don't want to go against
2: anyone who has a weapon in the ready room at the ready. Like he just yeah. h- throws the baseball right in your face. That's pretty much what's going to happen. <laughs> so
0: Archer, I think. Uh, no, yeah, I think
1: Archer would probably. If be the it's only not one I season three,
0: Archer, with. then maybe like he would probably be the, like the most forgiving. Be like, I'll watch your dog for a month, man. Just please forgive me. You know, what, like, what? What's he going to put you
2: in the brig? That's how big the quarters are in there. It's not going to be. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, sorry. I didn't well, mean we already you. have
2: one person into the penalty box. <laughs> we can't put another <laughs> in
0: there. Not anymore, Darren. Not anymore. Nothing That's too more. soon. Too That's soon. Just too, too soon. soon. <laughs> All right. It's been like 30 years, Daniel. Has it? Has it? All good things,
2: I don't know. So Daniel, what do you got for us for your last pick?
0: Um, so you know, uh, actually some uh something that they do follow up from season 1 on, which was the was which was the um so the crystalline entity. I'm sorry, I was gonna call it Silicon Avatar, and I'm like, I know that's, that's right, the name of this the. Um, the crystalline entity, which was actually that's its username <laughs> on on the
1: <laughs> user net forum. Actually, you know
0: what? I've been, l- anyways. That's that's, something
2: that's else. the element, not the. The <laughs> <Go ahead.
0: laughs> crystalline entity um, shows up, of course, in Data Lore, which is actually one of the really solid episodes of season one. And not only am I saying that. The Star Trek people say that because that's one of the two episodes that they've decided to show when they were releasing season one on Blu-ray in the theaters. So, ha, it's a good episode. I don't care what you say. Um, <laughs> no, I lawyered. do care. <laughs> but um, so it's interesting. So it's just a, it's just kind of an element of that episode. It's, it's almost like a throwaway element in the way that, um, you know, Philip, at first when you mentioned the space jellyfish in Farpoint is kind of a throwaway element. But, it, but in, in this case, we do get this follow up and it's actually a really good follow up. It's a really good, solid episode that just picks up like, oh, by the way, guys, remember that thing that you just let go is still out there, like doing all this crazy damage and stuff like we should probably, con- you know, deal with that issue.
1: And- is it basically the
2: Galactus of Starfleet? I've started Well, Trek. it
0: kind of is, except it's defeated way too easily. Well, but yeah, doesn't I mean, that, in a way, it kind of does is. Does
2: that make Lore Silver Surfer? <laughs>
0: <It> kind of <laughs> It does. is. He's, he's the, the total Surfer. herald. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, Lore is the golden. He's the Surfer. herald of the crystalline. <laughs> That's actually really true. I've never even thought about that, but it's so funny because, especially in, well, in, not especially in, only in data lore when he's kind of like, yes eat this tree and like, you know, like let's lead you to something tasty. Like let's, yes, consume this thing. uh. It, that's really interesting actually. Uh, and then he, of course, he, he, what ends up happening is he, he eats. Well, he's charged with the power of Positronic. Yeah. And then he eats uh, Riker's girlfriend oh, and then that's, that's it. That's you can't do that. Yeah. You, you don't get to get away with that. It's, that's, that's, what happens. But anyways, um, and, and, and like we, you know, at the end of, silicon avatar even though what everything we know about the 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 creature uh in data lore and most of silicon avatar and everything like this that starfleet is like just destroy it just destroy it and picard's like no we can communicate with it we can talk to it we can maybe we can reason with it it's it's definitely in a different plane it's on a different level than hum-
1: yeah Daniel, it's a crystalline entity it doesn't have a vulnerable <laughs> spot <laughs>
0: Uh, I, you know, it's interesting. It's just, it's something very, very different than than the forehead bump of the week.
2: Yeah. I mean, and to me, it, it's almost like it changes the circumstances, but it is almost like Encounter at Farpoint because you almost have those voices of Q in some of like the, in, in the, and in the other people and the woman and everyone else, you know, fire your phasers and photon torpedoes. Who knows? It's dangerous. Just kill it, <laughs> you know, with the, with the, uh, cause I mean, I don't know. Some people may you know, some people, you know, listeners may think, you know, who cares? Let's kill. The thing has killed hundreds and millions and whatever, you know, that we can't have that thing around. And others are like, well, maybe, you know, Starfleet, we should communicate. So I, I think that's one of those debate ones where maybe, you know, who knows what's the right way to treat this kind of an alien alien. All right, Darren, what do you got for us? I was debating whether or not to
1: use the nanites that Wesley creates, but we've already had data be take over by a small, you know, micro singularity. But uh, I went with the parasitic bug creatures from Conspiracy. Uh, again, you know, they're you know, we don't see them a ton, but I guess you could kind of, you know, infer a bit about them just based on like what they're making their hosts say. You know how they're acting. Uh, they obviously had that little spike gill coming out of their uh, out of their neck, but uh yeah, I mean as as we've talked about before, you know this was a possible precursor of what eventually became the Borg, you know in many, many alterations later uh, but yeah, I mean they, they they this is definitely where if Star Trek had been more of a long form uh you know series show. Like, like modern television is, I could see this being, you know, seeds planted as it goes instead of just kind of the one-off episode.
2: Daniel, I think maybe we can finally compromise. How would have you liked this to be the villain of Star Trek Insurrection?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, this... That, this oh, oh, Philip. All the you, bad roles. <laughs> you just Yeah, you just opened a whole world up to a better insurrection than what we got in Insurrection because this could have been the catalyst for Picard. Like... Uh, Admiral Daughtry uh, could have been infected by these conspiracy bugs, as well as all of the, you know, the council. The council approves of this decision, or whatever the line is, right? You know, the council ordered this. I and am Starfleet. And, uh... Yeah, so who knows. I mean, this is actually this would have made His that neck movie. Yeah, starts
2: bulging. <laughs> yeah,
0: and he this, throws this Picard
2: been, across the room and like, I've been taking vitamins.
0: <laughs> well, imagine. Oh my goodness, imagine if they showed up in that in, in insurrection, that would have been really funny. Uh it, yeah, well, of course, we we you know, we like what they turn into, right? But uh it would have been interesting to see like how do you fight back against this 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 kind of spore-like kind of like how do you? It's not a
2: he. It's not a she. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah now exactly. I have a question. I can't of Is this the cousin or other relation of the animals from City Alpha Five? That's that's
1: what I think. They're they're smaller. I mean, though, right? I think no, they're larger. They're like. This no, big. the big
0: stomach ones are. But I thought there was, weren't there?
1: Yeah, oh, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The eels go. Well, one goes in your mouth and one goes in your ear. So yeah,
0: I guess that's true. I guess that's true.
1: Yeah, the city alpha five ones are uh, are are way smaller.
2: I see. You know. So I think maybe this is the next generation and better uh, animated. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's an interesting because I like you know there was like a like however you know was there like a mother you know I don't even know what to call them lizard babies. Remick? Um Remick? Yeah. yeah. And then like they just had the little ones that would spawn off and yeah. It, it almost has like a eighty I mean it is. It's not like it's you know it has that eighties creature element to it. Like all those sort of you know eighties movies with these kinds of things And then you kill the mother and they yeah. all just die, because, you know that's so, how it yeah. works. So don't ever um feed Remick after midnight, I think was the lesson that I got another from that episode edit. was uh Um and then that one time they spilled water on. Up. So okay Uh we've, we've been talking for a while but let me just check in any uh, any honorable mentions that you guys wanted
0: to throw in here before we we wrapped up any alien I, aliens I, I actually have one um, which I didn't mention because of its obviousness and because it's non-obviousness if that makes any sense um, uh, the Borg um, which which of course because they're made up of species that we're very familiar with might not seem you know like an alien like alien species species but because of how used to uh the way we are uh that this idea of a collective consciousness could be super alien and it's it's kind of i mean it's i mean we definitely explore it in star trek i don't want to suggest that it's not explored in star trek especially with an entire character like seven of nine um but it's interesting because like if you sit down and think about it and imagine a world or imagine your life in a way that You were connected intimately and not on Facebook, I mean, of course, or Twitter or whatever, but you were connected in a way that you would would, like, I mean, this is so like measures and measures above what we are familiar with, right? Like, so there's levels, like we would be humans. We we do interact with other people every day. And then there's Betazoids who you can always feel the presence and sense the thoughts of other beings. But like the Borg are like years and years beyond that. And it's just it's it's a consciousness in a way that we don't know consciousness. And I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it sometime really in depth. But to me, that's a super alien concept. And it's it's something that kind of is easy to overlook because of the awesomeness and the intensity and the and the ferocity and and scariness of the Borg. But like as far as alien species go like that, I can't imagine something even more alien uh, than not being one thing. Because that's all we've ever known, so that, that's an interesting concept to to, to think about. Yeah, and uh, what episode did they first appear in Daniel? Oh, that would be um, Measure of a Q, um, which is I think no, I'm a, okay, I don't even, I'm, a, I'm just saying Q things now. Uh, you could have just been like Q that, who, and I've been like, that's Q who. How'd you, how'd you know that? Who, no. Yeah, anyway, I'm I, I actually <laughs> did know that. One I'm kidding. Q. Okay. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, the most alien of aliens is not the only thing we've been talking about this week. Here's a look at what else we've been talking about here on Trek.fm. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit.
0: Set this movie at the end of the five-year mission. Skip ahead five years, you know, kind of like Dark Knight or whatever, and then Mm -hmm. say, okay, we've had all these adventures, blah, 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 and now... We're at the end. We're about to go home, you know, and it's been, a, you know, a fun time was had by all.
2: Earl
1: Grey. Again, you know, because it's January, my ship was shot beyond the bounds of normal interstellar <laughs> <little> stellar travel <laughs> to the center of the galaxy. But we were back in time for tea. The Orb. They're, they're not even right. thinking about it at this point. Okay, how do we start the resistance? How do we do all this? Because they have become comfortable with where they are and thinking that they're doing all they can. And yet we know as the audience that they're not. To the journey! I want you to say right now in front of our our friends,
2: okay, and in front of me and the Lord Almighty, (laughs) what is your favorite season?
1: Okay, this isn't the favorite season.
0: I want you to tell me what your favorite season is.
2: <laughs> Daniel Daniel, and Darren, promise we won't ever be like this. The Ready Room. So, what's the deal? You know, does
1: Tom have a dad we don't know about? Apparently. Because who was, was this guy that he was
0: remembering yeah, as you his know, dad? Was that Nick Lacarno's dad? That <laughs> was
1: Nick Lacarno's dad, yes. Commentary Trek Stars. But I mean, oh, well,
2: here's yes. the question, John. If if you're living Fight Club, then you know we have to ask: If you could fight anyone,
1: who would you fight?
0: William Shatner.
1: All right. Literary Treks. The main storyline here is the battle for the Vulcan soul. They are one of the most logical races, and yet they have an intensely spiritual aspect to them. Axonar, the official podcast. <whistles> you were there mm. how long did we wait for them to try and reach that phone oh video? man it was, it, was, it was at least as long as the Enterprise penetrating V'ger's <laughs> outer shield <laughs> to getting into the actual machine core the 602 club
0: so as far as the realism question is concerned um, whether or not it's the right thing to do it's the Marvel way to do it I mean I think that's the that's the defining difference between Marvel and DC
1: and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm
0: So you can check out all these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Basically, you can find them anywhere. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose send to show and, of course, select Earl Grey. These messages will be emailed to the three of us personally. Finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm and on Twitter under username trekfm. Our new listener discussion group is called The Babel Conference, found by typing The Babel Conference, of course, in the Facebook search field so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books, like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is for becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting www.patreon.com trek.fm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek.fm patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek.fm patron and visit www.patreon.com trek.fm today.
2: All right, Daniel, if uh, folks want to talk to you about all the aliens you've encountered on your travels um, as energy being, where can they reach you on the Internet?
0: They can find me, uh, as always, where, where they've been able to find me, on Twitter. And my handle is uh, 1upDan. Dan is the number one and not the word.
2: Darren, if people want to contact you about all the alien races that the Empire has subjugated, where can they reach you on the Internet?
0: Uh, they can find me
1: on Twitter under username drsci-fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. Or if they want to find out about all of my troops subjugating this land of California,
2: they can read about those at DrSciFi.com. All right, and if folks want to talk about to me about the new uh, game I'll be making, um, called "Energy Being or Space Dwelling Animal, um, they can find me on Twitter. My handle there is NC Public Servant. That's NC for non-corporeal. <laughs> is that the new hot or not type uh, type type? <laughs> Energy Being or
1: non-corporeal lifeform.
2: All right guys, um, I'm gonna go find out what happened to all those alien races we only got one episode about. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed the space jellyfish. I really thought their storyline kind of really stinged um, my interest. Engage. Make it so. May the fourth be with you. fire.